to the world of Doctor Who, the Time Lord that explores the galaxy while on his time-traveling adventures. Welcome to the world of the longest-running science fiction series in history, with your co-hosts Susan Backstrom, David Grunt, Matthew Rose, Tom Diamond, and Craig Johnson. And they explore the classic series from its humble beginnings in 1963 and tracking through time to every episode up to the current day. This is the Doctor Who retrospective, where a legend will never die. Hello guys, welcome to the Literary License podcast and tonight for Doctor Who Night we are covering the Aztecs from 1964 which was aired on the 23rd of May to the 13th of June 1964. I'm here with Marios Iraculius uh, from Woodside Park in North Finchley and myself Craig Johnson tonight. Um, so Marios, what have you been up to re- recently? Well, I have just released the Sir Benedict files on Kindle and on in paperback. And I'm so surprised. I'm actually really ecstatic at the moment because it's got two five star reviews on it, which is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, it's just so nice to know that somebody out there is reading my book and I've got the, um, review right here it says really enjoyed the first installment of the sir benedict vows and can't wait for more five stars amazing that's, yeah that's really and then i got mystery quick read i was privileged to receive an art copy of this book and it's easy to read storyline full of suspense drama and mystery kept me intrigued if you're looking for a quick read with a good pace then this might be just be your thing and what's the title of that one, Mario? It's called The Sir Benedict Files, The Case of the Missing Casket and the Trickery of Magic, out now on Amazon. Wow, I'll have to check that out. It sounds really cool. It's awesome. I mean, I know I wrote it, but I think the feedback which I got yeah. from it, you know, from my ARC readers yes. and people readers, it's just been immense at the moment. It's always good when you get feedback in for like recognition for something that you've created. It's a really good feeling. Absolutely, well. absolutely. With anything really, look if it's like say with your art or with anything like that, it all you know, it all it's all positive. Even the negatives I take in as well. Well, if you need anyone to do book covers, let me know because I'm a good photographer. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll, I'll like I'll keep you in mind for the next one, Craig. <laughs> I, I myself, I, I've had this really horrible cold all week since I came. Well, I went to the Grand Canaria mm-hmm. and it was 28 degrees. It was lovely and it was just so nice to get away because we were going on holiday before my mum's chemotherapy started sort yeah, of thing, yeah. before she gets sick and stuff. So, but yeah, I came down with the flu last Wednesday, Thursday. So I've been as sick as a dog, really. So I haven't had been up to anything apart from, I read Stephen King's The Institute, um, which is basically... Um, it's a, it's a, it's the, it's the kids from Stranger Things escaping from a, from a research facility, um, and they've all got superpowers like telekinesis and stuff like that. Oh wow, that sounds like uh, my thing. Yeah, and um, 
that and I've been watching you on Netflix. I've just started to watch that. I'm a bit behind, but it's very good. Oh, wow. I mean, I watched the first season of that, but I never got on to a second or third season, actually. I oh, need no. to go back. I need to go back. And oh. um, in terms of Doctor Who, I went to see um, Neil Corey um, at the St. Albans TV store um, to, sit, to get the last three pre-orders of the Eagle Moss Doctor Who figurine collections um which is pretty cool and what he did here I, I managed to get a rare Dalek of the 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 girl the girl battle computer from Remembrance of the Daleks and he signed the, the back of it for me he autographed That's amazing. It. So that was pretty cool um the next pre-orders have come are coming out soon on the sci-fi collector website um but because I think because of shipping problems and they're coming directly from China. The, the 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 cost of three of the figures will be ninety nine pounds. Um, mm. So yeah, that, but they are. I think they're the last of the collection. To finish. Oh, so they're not doing any more after that. I don't think so. I think that's the last of the stock. I, oh I, no! Yeah, so that's amazing. I mean, I really like those. I mean, I've got the um, doctors from. Um, who was it? William Hartnell, all the way through to Paul McGann. So I got yeah. all those doctors. All right. And I've got, cool. got Ace, of course, and, you know, all yeah. the doctor, um, you know, enemies as well. So yeah. they got a great, nice little collection there. And I saw the trailer for the Doomsday. Yes. Uh, I thought... Doctor Who. I thought it could be a big Finnish um, Doctor Who thing. I mean, I for a minute, because I saw the Disney Plus, I thought it was going to be something to do with Disney Plus. Mm. But anything big Finnish do are amazing. You know, they are totally awesome. This is a synopsis for Doctor Who, The Aztecs, which first broadcast on the 23rd of May, 1964, and the last broadcast was the 13th of June, 1964. The TARDIS crew arrive in Mexico in the 15th century, where the TARDIS trapped in the tomb, Barbara Wright, is mistaken as for a female reincarnation of the ancient high priest, Yetzka, and assumes her guise and identity. From her new position of power, Barbara sees her chance to bring an end to human sacrifice. She's the good side of Aztec's culture, manifested in Utlak, the high priest of knowledge, and the gruesome side embodied in the high priest of sacrifice, Chiaxi. As a history teacher, she sees how advanced the culture really is and believes that if sacrifice was abolished, they would be spared destruction at the hands of the Spanish. The urgent warnings of the First Doctor that Barbara cannot change history fall on deaf ears, much to his fury. The bloodthirsty Taxi begins to suspect Barbara is not Yataxa, returned, especially because she is trying to ban human sacrifice. He sets a series of elaborate traps for her and her companions. For example, Ian has been compelled into military and fights the strongest warrior, Axta to prove his ability to command the Aztec forces. Thus, Aztec develops a grudge against Ian and is used by Chaxi to try to prove that Barbara is not Yaxa. The doctor unwittingly tells Yaxa how to defeat Ian in combat using a drugging agent, and this battle nearly ends in the doctor witnessing his friend's death. With this fails to be conclusive, Chaxi convinces the subordinate priest Tanya to make a poison for Barbara. 
The death of Barbara following consumption of the poison would prove she is not immortal and therefore not a god. However, Ian silently warns her from her, his hiding place, and Barbara refuses to drink the poison. She tells Teoxi that she is not Yasaka, and warns him not, not to tell the people. Susan Foreman and the Doctor have meanwhile both become involved in marriage-making scenarios. Susan has transgressed Aztec law by refusing to marry the perfect victim, who has been scheduled for sacrifice by taxi on the day of the next eclipse, while the Doctor, who knows little of Aztec customs, has become accidentally engaged to an Aztec woman named Kapka after they shared a cup of cocoa. Kamka helps the Doctor and Ian find a way to re-enter the tomb by a secret entrance. Ian brays a treacherous tunnel in which he is almost drowned to re-enter the tomb by a secret door and soon tells his friend that they can flee. Despite her efforts, Barbara realizes she cannot change an entire culture, although she does succeed in changing the views of the Atlak. Atlak helps Barbara reunite with her friends before exiting himself to the desert to meditate on what remains of his faith. In a pitch battle to gain access to the tomb door, Ian kills Axa in a fight to the death to protect the TARDIS crew. The Doctor's companions leave knowing that despite their intervention, history will take its predestined course. As they depart, Taxi is very much in control and sacrifices the perfect victim to the end of the natural courier eclipse. The Doctor confronts Barbara by telling her she did help Atlock find a better belief system. And that is the synopsis for Doctor Who, the Aztecs, airing the 23rd of May to the 13th of June, 1964. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Literary Licence Podcast, and tonight we're discussing the Aztecs. And over to you, Mario, what are your opening thoughts? Well, I actually really enjoyed the Aztecs, and I'll tell you why. This was my very first um, eye-opener to Doctor Who when I was younger, and I got this on VHS tape back in the early 90s, it was, as a present, as, as a Christmas present, actually. So I, when I watched it back then, I didn't really know what it was about until a bit more later on. And the historical side really intrigued me because I never knew anything about Aztecs. And I think for somebody who doesn't know anything about that era, I think it's a really good historical story. And I love the historical stories of Doctor Who. And this one actually kept me intrigued all the way through. And I, I didn't take my eyes off it just once. Because the only, the nearest Aztec related thing that I can think of in Doctor Who that came after was the, the cleaners from Paradise Towers because of their Aztec design. Um, I never noticed that. I never noticed that in me. Yeah. Because of the hair, I guess, as well. Yeah. Um, that's, what about your thoughts on the episode? Well, I mean, the Doctor got married and no one talked about it for the next, right. years, the next 60 years. It was just forgotten about. Um, that really threw me, quite threw me a little bit. But it was, you know, the Doctor was in love. Barbara becomes a goddess and refuses to steal a man's heart. Susan's engaged to a hunk, but would rather stick needles in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she kept on refusing I'm not going to marry anyone who I don't want to yeah. so she stood on her two feet and gave it her all there 
I, I was saying earlier, this is probably the only Doctor Who historical um, from the 60s where I haven't fallen asleep watching it. Yeah, um, yeah. It was really, it was four episodes was just really well-timed. Um, it, it felt just right. Um, there was good character development. Barbara held her own during this one. She was amazing in this. Oh, she really was. Um, the way she actually acted the part as well and yeah. the way her like, facial expressions and actually going into the character of a character that she knew from when she studied the history of that when she was a student too. And she knew all about the Aztecs and their advantages and disadvantages and everything that goes on around them. She knew what to do. And I think that came into her favour in all four episodes. And it was, this adventure was good because there was an internal conflict in the TARDIS, um, which led outside, whereas before it would have been a, a conflict between the villains on the outside, but it was the actual them having a conflict inside that led them outside into the adventure, which was quite interesting, a good dynamic. And I remember when the doctor told um, Barbara, you must not interfere, do you understand? You must not interfere with their way of thinking, with their way of doing things. And she did. She and when did. Barbara put the knife to the, the, the butcher, uh, that surprised me. I thought, wow, this is pretty racy for for a kid's show, you know. And for a 5.30, um, you yeah. know, as well, you know, and back in the day. Susan, I was thinking earlier, Susan wasn't in this much and she was on a two-week holiday. So, yeah, I was, that's why she wasn't seen much uh, in this one. And also, I found that she, the last one and this one, I find her weaker in some ways, her storyline wasn't, she didn't say or do much, like you said, she was on holiday, mainly mm. because of that. But she, you know, as a doctor's granddaughter, you would think she have a more pivotal part in the, in the actual stories, the last couple of stories, which she didn't really. And it's weird the doctor got engaged, but he didn't really want to hang about. He just wanted to get out of there and find the TARDIS. That's right, but even Carmeca gave him where to go because, mm. you know, to go back to the TARDIS. She let him go in the end. They should do a trial of the Time Lord where he's on 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 trial for his um, polygamy. <laughs> yes. So he's married to um, Carmeca, which nobody knew about for the last, you know, how many odd years, and Rivers Donald. And Rivers <laughs> But there was a new adventurous book. <laughs> there was a new adventurous book. I'm sure. Please, anybody, email or give us, send us a mail or something. That the doctor, in my imagination, went back to see Carmecha in the new adventures books. Mm, right. Wow. I'm not sure. I need to find out that title. And they are and, like. Priceless little gems they are, but they're like twenty pound a copy now. Oh, absolutely! I've got half of those copies in my loft. Wow! wow. Let's do a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go and do a little spruce up in the loft and find them. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but the cost, the costumes, and the sets were great. I mean, one of the sets was actually. I think it was cloth or a painting. You can see the actual edge of the set. Um, 
But aside from that, it was really, really good, well put together. And it was really like, they looked like they spent a lot of money on it. Yeah, I mean, the way they did the, um, the way the actual set was designed to make it look real to the audience, I felt that was really well done. And the makeup and, every, you know, all the costumes. It was Lime Grove D where they were filming. Um, and they moved to the twice as large um, TVC3 studio for this production. So you can you see, tell. I always thought it was done outside half of it outside in the you know like on the actual grounds because it looked so to me it looked really real now i can't remember the name of a local butcher in that um in there because his name is so hard to pronounce i've got my notebook here so the local butcher is it tolox 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 Tulox, Tul- I can't even pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, you see, it's really Tulox difficult Hill? to pronounce. John but, Ringham. John Ringham. Uh, that's right. And he scared me, even when yeah. he first came on. And he was I, would like, have, I would have loved him to have had his head chopped off, but I know it's a kid's show, so they wouldn't show that. But I would love to no. have him come to a, like a really bad demise. Yeah, or it could have been Barbara or Susan actually. But, but really... Off. But really, he was actually right. <laughs> they were imposters. He he was actually telling the truth. So I shouldn't. I can't really be angry at him. No. But, but what yeah. I didn't like it was the way his um his eyes was just like really freaky yeah. in every aspect of his scenes. He did it really, really well. Just mm. possibly scared kids back then completely. Yeah. And the high priest, he was really good, and I felt like he was good confidant for Barbara. As well, confidant, yeah. maybe am I saying that right? I'm not sure, but he was very good, and I liked the way he talked Susan well as well. Yeah, was more powerful than the one he gave to Susan when he said goodbye to her in the Dalek Invasion of Earth. He was very, it was very sweet because he actually really did love her in that in those mm-hmm. episodes because he was sent to the garden for a retire. It's like a retirement village for him. Really, isn't it? Because they had their own people, their own people to rely on. They didn't have anybody else. So he got sent there. Barbara, Susan, surprise, surprise, was a handmaiden to Yataxa. And then after Ian went to the like the gladiator ring, you know. So any any standout moments for you from this one? Uh, I think for me it had to be when it was the love story between the doctor and Carmeca. I think that was a really bittersweet. Yeah. And it showed a real soft side to William Hartnell's character. I mean, the worst was when Susan got was tried to be married off, to be fair. It's difficult to think because he was he just stringing her along just for the just for the story or, or yeah. was thinking about staying put. We don't we just don't know. No. Um, but he seems upset when when parting with her. But it is he, weird. he singled her out for the attention, and um, and and it is, it is actually as if he did fancy her. Yeah, um, I think the way he was looking into her eyes and the way they actually had the chemistry, the chemistry was there with them. Hmm. It's a shame that they didn't invite her into the TARDIS or went back in another story, maybe in the future. What did you think of the battle scenes with Ian? He was awesome. He really kicked ass. 
I loved it. It was like, and the music went really well with that, the incidental music. I thought it was fantastic. You know, he really did, you know, he went for it. And I think, you know, like for Ian, he went to go and find inside the tomb as well to go back into the tomb. He went in there and you wouldn't see any of, like, say, a Turlo would never do that or... Uh, Andrick would have never have done that. <laughs> Ian went straight in there, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not hiding. There was no with the TARDIS this time. There was no nothing. Nothing major happened in the TARDIS. It didn't get stuck or everything no. seemed to be working for once. Exactly, and I think that's really good in some ways. It's like they knew where they were going. You know, they stopped. Okay, where are we? Let's see what we can find. And then they go out, you know. But always the doctor would say, stay and then we'll go. No, Susan and Barb, Susan and Barbara go out of the TARDIS, mm. wander off. And what does the doctor usually say? Don't wander off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't even say that. He didn't even realize probably they were gone. Hmm. Don't touch any moving stones. <laughs> no. <laughs> or accidentally put your foot into a poisonous um, water. <laughs> to yeah. get but I must say, I was surprised by looking at the viewing figures of those episodes. It was like episode one was 7.4, and then by episode three, it was 7.9, and then I think episode four again. It went back to 7.4. So they really had good viewing figures yeah. for a historical story like that back in the day. I'm not sure if that was a one. Of, well, we did have Marco Polo before, didn't we? I'm not, can't remember what the viewing figures were for those, but it is really, really good for a historical story. And but, you mentioned, sorry. Yeah, go on, you were saying? You mentioned the episode titles earlier, The Temple of Evil, The Warriors of Death, The Bride of Sacrifice, The Day of Darkness. They all start with that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it was like, why can't you just say Warriors of Death, Bride of Sacrifice, Day of Darkness? (laughs) Day of the Daleks. Day of the Daleks, exactly. (laughs) Remembrance of the Daleks, you know. Mm. But... You know, for me, in those episodes, those episodes, the, my top three had to be Barbara, Ian, and then Susan again. Mm. Those, those three, you know, top. Which, which character for you is standing out the most then in develop, terms of development? And, and um... I think Barbara, again, for me, because she held a key role as Yataxa, all hail Yataxa. And, yeah. she, you know, she was a character within another character. Mm. She had to portray her, to portray this goddess. And I don't think that Susan would have been able to do that, maybe, or Ian, for instance. But 
because she had that historical background anyway, mm. she knew exactly what to do. Yeah. What about you? Who do, who was your standout? For me, Barbara, she really held her own and, you know, to attack the butcher, to threaten the butcher's life. And, she, and it must have been difficult to, to know she was an imposter, but she had to live the lie to get through and survive. It was like survival of the fittest, really. Absolutely. Was, you know, and I think that's with all the characters there as well. Yeah. And the least, your least? Um, I'd probably say Susan, but I think it's because she wasn't there. She was on holiday, so she was only had a really small part to play. Yeah, again, for me, Susan. But, you know, even that, I think it was also between a tie with the Doctor and Barbara, because the Doctor with his chemistry with Carmecker and a love story between them throughout the four episodes. And it was good writing by John Lucarotti, Hmm. direction from John Crockett. Um, It worked really well. And like you say, you know, you didn't fall asleep through it. I didn't fall asleep through it. Usually some of these, you know, ones you just thought, oh, my goodness, really? But it was amazing. And I think I'll give it like a nine out of ten for this. Yeah, I think I'd give that a nine as well. The next podcast we're going to cover will be the Sensorites. Sensorites. I always thought it was the Sensorites when I was younger. (laughs) So that should be a really good one to dive into as well. But it's actually, you know, doing these podcasts, which has been amazing. You know, I know it's been one so far. It's just, you know, for me, it's going back to the old episodes and watching them again, which yeah. makes it more fun and enjoyable yeah. this time round to be able to pinpoint little tiny little bits that maybe no one else has seen before or, oh, did that actually happen? Or, oh, I can't remember that bit. So it's just been, it's been a roller coaster already. So it's been great fun. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad to have you on board. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Do you have any social medias that you want to plug? Yeah, I'm all on social media. All my link, my LinkedIn, my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook. It's all Marius Rights. So if you just type in Marius Rights into each of them, you, I will come up. Please add me. I'll follow you back. Please get into contact. 
about any writing or you do or anything you like, and I'm being able to respond straight away to you all. What about you, Craig? What about your social media? Uh, you can check all my artwork stuff out on craigsworld.org, and you can there's links there for different stuff. So, so that brings us to the end of the Literary Licence podcast this week for Doctor Who Night, and we hope to see you all soon. And it's good night from me and good night from Mario. Good night, everybody. Have a lovely week ahead. Good night, guys. Take care. Everything and still you said it wasn't enough